This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Retired Florida man. Can you beat 72? Is it going to be 72 in Florida today? No, you beat us. We're going to be 68. That's a win. We're Florida, but we'll win tomorrow. Okay. Well, that's all right. That's a... Uh... You know, when 72 here and 68 there, it sort of negates the whole thing about retiring and going to Florida all the time, doesn't it? You want to bet? <laughs> Probably not. Uh, our... um, yes, go ahead. You know, you were talking about Caitlin Cor- uh, Clark and Pistol, uh, Pistol Pete's uh, record. There's another lady that played for Kansas, uh, Kansas uh, Lynette Woodward. She had 3,649 points. Um, it's a black and white picture of her, so it must have been some time ago. But that's even a, a, a more prestigious record to break because um, she's a female basketball player that actually scored that many points. Okay. Well, first and foremost, this, this was when the NCAA was trying to keep women's basketball out. So that's why her record isn't the official record. Uh, I would argue that she'll beat that and then be solely there as a female, but it's not more prestigious than scoring more points than anybody that's ever played in college basketball, men included. Well, when you say pistol Pete, that, that adds stature in itself. I think he only played for three years and, and he didn't have the three-point line. Kaylin Clark is going to beat everybody's record. Yeah, but she's a phenomenon. I, I know. Um, there's, I'm just saying there was another woman, an obscure woman. I, I don't, out no, there not, not obscure. Well, Kevin, we've talked about it like three or four times on the show, so she's gotten plenty of credit. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And second of all, uh, Pistol Pete, yes, you're correct. He only played three seasons because he wasn't allowed to be a starter as a freshman, and he didn't have the three-point line. But think about the thousands of men who have played basketball since Pete Maravich and couldn't break that record. No doubt. Playing with the three-point line. She's going to be in the sports news for the rest of her career. She's a phenomenon. No doubt about it. And uh, triple-double against Illinois, uh, and they were mad off that defeat. And we'll see. Two games left, 25 points a game. You figure that's uh, doable, or or you would at least uh, believe so. Last time there was a record in sight, she scored 49. So she could do it in one game. Who knows? Uh, but uh, we'll be watching. Well, the Illini men's beat Iowa by 10 points, which was a big win for them. It is. Are, are you all in on them for the tournament? Uh, well, I'm, I'm betting on Illinois. Let's put it that way. I don't know if I'm all in, but they've got a great team. It's nice to have a team like this again, this for so many years and haven't had it except for the last couple. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, uh but I, I don't know. <clears throat> Men's college basketball right now is all over the place. I, I mean, every time somebody gets to number one, they get beat. I, I can't tell who's good. Uh, I don't have any idea, which I think makes for an exciting tournament because you don't know what's going to happen. What's amazing about Illinois is they're beating the, the spreads. Like, there was a nine-and-a-half-point spread on that game by 10. Uh, the, last week, um, there was a two-and-a-half-point spread, and they win by five. I mean, they're the real deal. People are, are watching this team and saying uh, Illinois is for real. I think so. I, I, like I said, it's hard to understand exactly what's going on uh, in basketball because uh, you know it seemed like Purdue was invincible. I don't know. Every time somebody gets up there, uh, they get knocked down, and we'll see what happens. 
far away for sure. Uh, all right, what's going on down there? I, I saw uh, Sue sent me a video of you guys' favorite band. What, tell me the details on this. Well, actually, it was the first time we ever saw that band, but we went out to dinner. Megan was down here. We had her father-daughter's tennis week. Oh, I'm sorry. She said a great band at one of your favorite places. The place was your favorite place. Yeah, the Blue Marlin is our place to eat down on Bridge Street on Bradenton Beach. And um, there's this guy who uh, plays the lead guitar and sings. He does the complete guitar work and sings, and he has a drummer and a bass that does the rhythm. But he could play everybody's, it was all like roll songs. And this guy had to be in his 30s. And I was talking to him in the break, and I said, wow, how do you learn everybody's music so well and play the riffs and the guitar work as good as they do? And he says, well, man, he says, let me tell you, my age music's too electronic. <laughs> this is real uh, craftsmanship. This is guys writing their own music and singing their own music and playing their own music. And I'm just into that. And so I became a student of old rock and roll bands. And it, it, it just blew us away. We stayed there the entire night and watched them. Usually we eat, we have a drink, watch the band for about 20 minutes and leave. We were there for two hours. All right. Sounds fun. Uh, so what are you doing like this morning? Are you out running? Are you getting ready to go run? Are you sleeping in? What have your habits changed uh, since the big retirement? Well, I do. I get up and work out every morning after I get done with um, speaking with you. Today I'm playing golf over at Lakewood Ranch, which is an unbelievable development down here for us old people where they have like four golf courses. And I'm playing at Esplanade at uh, Lakewood Ranch with some friends from Champaign, actually. And uh, so that's what I'll do today. But normally, if I don't have that on the agenda, I'll get up, I'll go run two miles, lift weights at the center, that's what they call it, and uh, then get a cup of coffee and then run back. <laughs> and then go play golf. <laughs> then go play golf. Sounds rough. Uh, all and right. go out to dinner. And then go out to dinner uh, and then repeat, I guess, the next day. Uh, that's a lot of fun. So this week, though, Brian, we're going to head over to Jupiter. We're going to catch a game with Cardinals, and then we're going to head down to Hollywood to watch the Eagles. I mentioned that last week. You did. So it's going to be a fun week. Have you been over to a spring training game recently? No, not since you. Uh, you when I was with you was the last time uh, I was at a spring training game, so I'm really looking forward to this. I might try to find Mike Claiborne and see if he's around. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I'm sure they're all down there uh, and ready to go. The uniforms continue to be a controversy. Evidently, the pants are see-through now. Oh, no. <laughs> Just telling you what I'm reading. <laughs> it's like it's the a deal. pants are bad enough. We don't need that in baseball. <laughs> no, we don't. We do not. Uh, I don't think the players uh, want it either. Uh, we'll see what happens. But that continues to be a, uh, a big controversy. Uh, in Major League Baseball. Uh, all right, so uh, tell me what's up for the show tonight. I, I, I got your note, but it didn't have a lot of details. No, there aren't a whole lot of details for me either. I, I do know that um, Dan Martini and John West will be the co-hosts tonight. 
And um, Eric Lee will be on doing the sports. John House from uh, the tire company will be on. He's a good customer of First Mid Insurance Group. And Abby uh, Koister, um, she's with the Ronald McDonald House now. Okay. I think you know her. Yeah, I do. And uh, she'll be on. All right. Do you listen in when you're down there, or did you kind of let it go as your baby? You know, you created that show a long, long, long time ago. Yeah, I think it was close to 20 years when you talked me into that. Um, I listen. I listened last week because Michael was co-hosting, and I really enjoyed listening to Michael. Uh, I don't know. When you say it's my baby, he's, he was my baby at one time. Now he's 36 years old and uh, doing terrific, and I'm really proud of him. Uh, you should be. He's a great kid. Uh, was it really 20 years? Did you guys do that show for 20 years? Well, Gretchen and started doing that, and it may have been like 18. I know I've been doing the radio with you for over 20. Sure, yeah, but that was uh, like, but, were you in the, in the Barnes building when you started? Oh, yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. We we started in Little Kosovo. Yeah, in Pershing? Yeah. We, I remember doing the show in, on Pers- Pershing and um, jamming the guests in there in that little studio. Really? Okay, so that would have been close to 20 years ago. Wow. Yeah, it was toward the tail end of when you were there. So when we moved down to the Barnes building, it was like the Taj Mahal. <laughs> it was. It was great. It's crazy what you think and then, of. And then, and then moving up to your studios now, at the Romano building, it's as, it's as nice as being in New York, I think. Well, I, I don't know. I've never been on radio in New York. I, 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 listen, I, I like the room. I like the space. It's great. Uh, okay, so what, what are you hearing down there on the streets uh, in Florida, in retirement community, uh, about Nikki Haley and Donald Trump? And as we run through these primaries, what, what's the word on the street? Um, there's a lot of open-minded people that I bump with. Where we talk to people down here, mostly are in restaurants. Soon and I every night hit our favorite restaurants. And there's nothing but great restaurants down here. And um, there's a wide variety of people. There's either vacationers, they're still working folks, and then there are younger retirees like me <laughs> who are just trying to get used to it. And then there are the older retirees who uh, don't ever plan on going back. All right. And and I would say politics is not the top subject. But if you do get into it with them, it's, it's more – and I would say the majority is just the way it's showing up is for Trump. But there are Nikki Haley um, – supporters. I think there's a lot of women that that really like Nikki Haley because she comes across so strong and and confident and she's accomplished. But I think the men are just, hey, let's get things fixed and put up with Donald Trump because he knows how to do it, even though we don't like the way he does it. All All right. That's interesting. Do you think she should stick around uh, uh, in case, you know, you need a candidate? No, I don't understand it. I think she all she's doing is damaging the brand, and uh, she her she brand like Donald Trump. Her brand? No, no, the Republican uh, brand. You think she's the one damaging? Yeah, only because nonstop 
against Trump. The, the, the competition is Joe Biden. And um, I think, why couldn't she? Let me just ask you this. Okay. If something happened to Trump with regards to his legal problems yeah. or health or whatever, why couldn't in the Republican convention they choose either her or Ron DeSantis or Tim Scott for that matter? All right. Did you see what um, they did with the last Speaker of the House? I mean, I mean as far as choosing people? Well, I mean, that's what conventions traditionally were for. I know, but did you for, see the, 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 how, how it worked when, when it was up to them to decide on somebody when it came down to Kevin McCarthy? Yeah, but you know what? I kind of like this Johnson. Really? I, I don't know where he, where he came from, but uh, it's nice to know that there were people of his quality there that we never knew about. Okay. And, and, and what have they gotten done uh, being in the majority for you so far? Well, they stopped the bleeding. I think there's a lot of lot of nonsensical policies that were adopted that Republicans won't let happen, uh, for that matter. I mean, this border issue is just a mess. Why, why in the world are we doing this? I mean, what logical, common-sense reason is there to allow this many people from all nations you know, our country unvetted. We sat in a room in Washington, D.C. doing a radio show one time, and, and you scolded me for being too harsh on immigration, that these people just wanted a better life. American dream. No, the, the, what the debate was back then was George Bush was contemplating amnesty for those who were here. Yeah. And there was like, I think, 3 million people at the time. Now we're talking about 13 million. That's apples and oranges. And, it, and it's still coming. I, I, I'll tell you what I'm most worried about is the crime. Uh, there's just no logical explanation on how you're going to take care of all these people without there being rampant crime, because desperate people do desperate things. If they have nothing, they will find a way to, to feed themselves. And now they're holding people up, and, and, and much worse with this young lady in Georgia. Oh, so okay. It's when did that guy? Happen. Hey, but you know when he came in, right? Well, it doesn't matter. Yeah, he came I'm in not, during Trump's administration. But if you're going to use that as your talking point, you need to state that that guy got into this country during Trump's administration. If he got in illegally, whose administration? Could have been George Bush's. Could have been. Uh, could have been Barack Obama's. They were coming in all the way since Clinton, I think, but. The I'm pretty, bottom line is, is it, it's pretty bad right now. I, I, listen, there's no doubt. And our friend Howard would tell you the last thing you need to solve the border problem is politics because no one there on either side is actually going to solve it. They want the damn thing uh, as a tool on both sides to fight politically. Let's bring it back home local. What do you think about uh, we're going to be going to the, the polls uh, pretty quick here uh, in March for our primary. What, what do you think about who's going to replace Dan Calkins? Oh, um, I'm sure hoping it's re-endearing. I think it'd be nice to have somebody from Decatur again and continue in that seat. I know that Dan is pretty far right. Uh, He's with that Freedom Caucus that draws a lot of attention. And I I don't know that I'm for the Freedom Caucus at all. I'd rather there be a little bit more uh, compromise going on between the Republicans and Democrats and uh I, I think that's the only way 
uh, the Republicans are going to get anything done because they're such the minority. I think Regan is, isn't that far right. I, I think she would do a really good job. She worked hard at, at trying to be uh, in her election, and, and I think she's for real. So um, I only met the other gentleman once. Seems okay from Bloomington, but um, she, to me, is more of a, a breath of fresh air. Uh, of, of getting, getting somebody new in there. All right. So I, I'm all in for Regan Deering. I didn't, I don't know whether that guy, you know, he came down here and did the show once, and I agree with you, nice enough guy. Uh, I haven't seen him since, I mean, as far as not just on the show, but being in the community. I mean, I don't know if he's just counting on there being enough votes in McLean County to do this for him. He's been running ads. Is, he's right? running ads. Okay, we, well, he's been on the air then in that way. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, she seems to be outworking him just from looking outside, looking in. Yeah, she's really committed to getting involved in the political scene. I mean, running for Congress like she did, uh, she knew that was an uphill battle, but she toughed it out, and and she took her licking uh, in a very lopsided um, district for her, and and now she's she wants to start from scratch with being a state rep. I hand it to her. I think she's got tenacity, and she's for real. All right. I, I got a, a mailer uh, over the weekend from Brad Halbrook, uh, who is technically my state representative. I've met this guy one time. He's been over there for years and years and years. Have you ever met him? No, don't even know. Okay. Don't isn't, even know the name. Don't you, to your point about having a Decatur representative, isn't it strange? Yes. Okay. Uh, although I'm, I, I spoke with Mike Coffey, who's a state rep over in Springfield. Yeah. And um, he's a good dude. And, and it was like Tim Butler. There's some Springfield representatives that are very uh, congenial and, and um, they're easy to get a hold of. And they understand Decatur better than most. I think, uh, you know, there are some outside our district that are fine and are obtainable, like Darren LaHood is in Congress. But it's so much easier to have them from our own community. Yeah, but you know Tim Butler's not even there anymore. He went to work for the Railroad Association, no. and but but what did that coffee guy tell you about the moderate Republicans versus the Illinois Freedom Caucus? Oh, he he. That's kind of where I I got my talking point in a way. I listened to him explain how it's it's better to get along and try to do some compromising when you're in the minority than it is to be an obstructionist on everything and nothing can get done other than you make your point and uh, but you'll get nothing done that way. And yeah. so he's, he's more toward the, 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 the middle right than he is the right, right. Yeah. And I, I, I am too. All right. Would you have, okay. But, but now you describe it differently. Would you have described at the time George W. Bush or Mitt Romney as being a middle of the right guy? Oh, I look at those two guys differently. George W. Bush uh, is a middle right guy. But you would, have, you, would have, you would have described him at the time as, of his presidency as a middle right guy. Well, I, I, as I look back at now George W. Bush versus Donald Trump, he definitely was more of an establishment uh, president than Trump was. Trump is an outsider coming in. I think um, the Bushes uh, and the Clintons and, and even Reagan, for that matter, they all— grew up in their party system 
and they they told the line of their party. Well, wait, hang on a second. Hang on. Well, Reagan was a Democrat for most of his adult life before entering in politics, and he was a governor. I mean, he was not, and then he, he was the actor outsider. I, you're telling me that Ronald Reagan was a middle right Republican? Ronald Reagan was a Republican for quite a while. I mean, he was a he was a Kennedy Democrat back back then. Until he, he said the, the Democrats left him, he didn't leave them. Right. But for years, uh, he he went around stumping the conservatives. I think he and Goldwater were probably pretty friendly. Okay. Now, you, now Goldwater was middle right Republican. Well, yeah, but those were different kinds of rights. Now there's extreme rights. Right. I don't think he was an extreme right president. No, but that's the thing I don't understand about you guys support Trump. You can't see the extreme. I mean, who bought the extreme right? I I don't look at Trump as an extreme right near as near as much as some of his supporters. Right. I think some of his supporters are so frustrated. They've gone so far right that they're they're being counterproductive. Well, they've gone so far right. The left. They've gone so far right that Mitt Romney, the candidate for president, George W. Bush, two-term president, Ronald Reagan, two-term president, wouldn't even be allowed to be in the Republican Party today. Well, Mitt Romney lost me in the debate against Barack Obama when he could have just, and he he backed off, and uh, he didn't have the he didn't have the killer instinct of of becoming a president and winning, and. Uh, there's nothing about Mitt Romney after that debate that I would I would support for president anymore. George Bush totally different. George George W. Bush, I think he was a good guy, and I think he he did all he could. He got dealt some pretty tough situations, like 9/11, handled it well, and uh, the financial crisis destroyed him. All right. Listen, uh, we're just about out of time. By the way, Brad Halbrook, you know, he, he's fighting back. He's got boxing gloves on his mailer, and he's taking on, you, you know, the woke. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever seen this guy. This mailing is like such a joke, like trying to juxtapose it to what this guy looks like. I, I think, isn't, isn't Bailey running for Congress? Yes, he's got he, a good chance of winning? No, he doesn't have a good chance. Trump uh, endorsed his opponent because Trump has no loyalty at all. He thought it'd be well, a good idea for Darren Bailey to be governor. Now he thinks it's a better idea for Darren Bailey's opponent to win in Congress. Well, isn't his opponent already in Congress? Yes, Mike Boss. So he's probably saying he should have done that for Rodney Davis. Well, he, Trump blew for Rodney Davis. He, he blew it just because Marjorie Taylor Greene told him to. Yeah. Well, I think he's got bigger and more important things to worry about than these congressional races, but he tries to get involved uh, probably when he shouldn't. No, I, I think he gets involved when he thinks the polling numbers show that he can be endorse the winner. I, I, I don't think Darren Bailey had a chance at this, and I think at the last minute Trump realized that and endorsed the other guy so he can put it in his win column. Well, what I'm thinking the Republicans will end up doing with Donald Trump is pretty much what I said I, I would do. I would like to have a little more civility, and I, that's why I like Ron DeSantis. And I, I would have much rather had him win the, the, the primaries 
in, in BR candidate. But if he's not going to make it, which he didn't, or Nikki Haley, I, I don't know about Nikki Haley. I, something about her, I, I'm not convinced that she is ready for prime time yet. But nonetheless, she's not going to win. And even if that's your candidate or Ron DeSantis was your candidate, they didn't beat Trump. I'm going to vote for Trump. And I think a lot of Republicans will, will do that, wishing that we didn't have to go through all this trauma again. Because there's a lot of people that may not do that, like some independents. But I, I think that Joe Biden is so bad as president that even in the independents are going to maybe hold their nose and vote for Trump. Oh, Kevin, there's nothing mathematically being shown. I mean, there's not a single poll that shows anything remotely close to that. I'm not sure you're right about that. You might be looking at the, the CNN. Uh, Kevin, I look at all of them. I think- I, I look at you, you know at me. All, all you know you know um, me for twenty five years. Do I come in here and lie about the math? Have I ever done that one time? No, no. But I mean, there's so many of them out there. You just kind of there's nothing, the nothing, accurate. nothing showing independence leaning Trump's way. There's an argument to be made because of uh, what's going on in Israel and uh, the Gaza Strip, that there could be, you know, Democrats that don't vote or sit home or protest. There's some of that, but there is nothing showing independence swaying Trump's direction. Nothing. But all the polls are showing Trump um, beats Biden by a couple points right now. Okay. And Nikki Haley beat uh, Biden by, by maybe seven or eight points. Uh, right. So, and then Nikki Haley, there's plenty of polling showing percent of the people supporting her will vote for Joe Biden, not Donald Trump. Yeah, I, that's true too. But, but I think they wanted her in there just, just so it wasn't Trump. They probably would have voted for Biden even if she got in there. But they're supporting her now. All right, we'll see. We're long, 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 long way away from November. Uh, yeah, a lot's going to happen. I, I still don't believe that Joe Biden will be the candidate. I, you, I, you think I put money? Right. I put money on uh, Newsom or Michelle Obama. All right, you're you're saying that while Trump's facing everything he's facing, and you're guaranteeing he's going to be there, but you're sure Biden's not. No, I'm not guaranteeing he's going to be there. I think the only way uh, the Democrats might have a chance is to get uh, Trump gets in trouble in one of these court cases. But I also think I think. The fix is in on that, too. Oh, There's just no way in the world that he should be um, prosecuted the way he is. Okay. All right. Uh, well, listen, you've got talking points to write for next Monday, so I'm going to let you get a week uh, to do the research. You can check out those independents and get back to me when we uh, reacquaint next Monday uh, and, and find well, the— Well, you got to admit, I'm, I'm consistent. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not really. What? You're telling me that Reagan and Bush and, and and Romney and McCain and the last number of either presidents or presidential candidates in the Republican Party are now defined as mid-right, uh, uh, that Trump's not extremist, but his fans are, uh, and there's no Some way— of his fans are. I'm a fan. I'm not an extremist. <laughs> I would say the majority of, of, of his fans are not extremists. But the ones that are, they get all the attention. Okay, well, who who is our representative on the Republican side here in Central Illinois that you consider to be a grown-up? Well, like I said, I, I think Regan Deering would be a, a, a good one. 
I asked um, her if she's going to join the Illinois Freedom Caucus. She wouldn't really give us an answer. Well, I imagine she's getting pressured to, but if I were her, I wouldn't. I just don't think that's a smart move. And uh, you can you can have your. I just don't. I, I just don't see what that gains her, other than being a part of that club. And um, you can get Republican votes without being in the Freedom Caucus. You probably get more Republican votes without being in the Freedom yeah, Caucus. Like, yeah, like mine, because I'd much rather you be more of a, a compromiser and get some things done as opposed to just being totally ignored. Or just laughed at. Yeah, you know, Illinois has got its issues, and, and some things need to get fixed. And um, So why can't Republicans get elected? Well, I'll tell you what, in my opinion, the Illinois Democratic machine is alive and well. Do you think and all right, it is now all right, hang, hang on. in Washington, D.C.? Don't, don't give me. Let, it Kevin, is Kevin. alive and well in this country. Kevin, let, let's get past the talking points. They sent Darren the Bailey. That's got a thing written down. They sent Darren Bailey to be the candidate last time. You're talking about the Republicans? Yes. I'm saying if, if things are so bad in Illinois, why can't Republicans win? Bruce Rauner won. George Ryan won. Don't know. I mean, you don't you know why Darren Chicago. you don't know why Darren Bailey didn't win. Well, you gotta win Chicago. He couldn't win Chicago. So why running? He won everywhere else. So why running? I mean, the guy's out there with a, uh, a gun shooting up the budget. And, and <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, unless they run serious candidates. I mean, do you think Jim Edgar would be a Republican that, that Donald Trump Republicans would support today? And he was governor, no. Probably he, not. he did Probably everything. Not. He did. Edgar was pretty middle. You no, know, but he was governor, no. He was the one who turned down the spending, who cut everything back, who did all the things that Republicans say they want done in government. But would he be allowed to be the candidate today? I think Edgar tried to spend a ton of money on schools, and he lost a lot of Republicans over that vote. Mm. Okay. Um, so he was pretty, he was pretty uh, I would say he was, than a right. He was a compromiser. Okay. And would you rather have a center-right governor or a Democrat yes. governor? Okay, but how are you ever going to get that if you keep running people like Darren Bailey? Actually, I, Bruce Browner, he took on the unions and, and destroyed his whole uh, governorship because he thought he could break the unions in Illinois. Yeah, he failed miserably. And yeah, he failed miserably. We tried to tell him down here that that strategy wasn't going to work. He, he's trying to turn it into a right to work state, right or wrong. You know, you're not going to you're not going to change Illinois into a right to work state. And uh, he failed miserably. So I don't know. He, he he marched to the beat of his own drum. He didn't know anybody. Right. But he wasn't crazy on the issues that everyone else cares about when they vote. 
And there's no way. I, I mean, th this is the strange thing to me. I mean, what did Donald Trump do? He came in and he gave us Darren Bailey. He endorsed him for governor. He gave us Mary Miller. We lose Rodney Davis. You know, he endorses the Illinois Freedom Caucus. We'll see what Regan does if she's elected. But what has Donald Trump's Republican Party done for Republicans in the state of Illinois? Or better yet, for us, the constituents? Well, I think for the country, he improved the economy immensely. Okay. What about um, us as constituents? He's not anti-oil, anti and, and he controlled the border far better than Joe Biden. Even though that guy that murdered that student, you want to talk? not wanting to control the border. Okay. All right. What about central Illinois? You sound like Mary Miller. I do. Yeah. I'm talking, I got a different voice. No, you're talking about the board. I'm talking about central Illinois. What have any of these things done for central Illinois under the Trump candidates that he's selected to endorse and been behind? Hey, look, it's our congressmen. It's our it's our state reps. It's our senators. And it's and it's our well, state and federal senators who bring home the bacon for central Illinois. Not the president of the United States. So Mary Miller's going to bring home. Oh, 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 hang on a second. Mary huh? Miller's going to bring home bacon. She's the only member of Congress in the entire state of Illinois that did not bring a dime back to her district. And it's not something she's hiding. It's something she runs on. She brags about. Yeah, where's, how's, how's that How's that playing? How's that go, going? It's not going well at all. Well, she got elected. Um, I'm, a, I'm a Rodney Davis guy, so... Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and carry water for Mary Miller, but she won, and now you got to you got to deal with her and try to get along and try to get her to realize we need what we need in our in our districts. Um, she only has a little bit of Decatur, so I don't think she cares near much about Decatur. She does Champagne or wherever else that crazy district is. But well, no, we took a, to me. I think we took a huge step backwards. When we lost Rodney Davis. Yeah, and here's Brad Halbrook's mailer once again, endorsed by Congresswoman Mary Miller. Big stamp right on the front of it. We just don't have good representation right now, Kevin. And, and the good I, news is she did not, she did not vote with all those far right group like um, uh, that, that that ousted Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. So it, it looks like she's starting to. Often a little bit about that that group. All right, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, all right, so tomorrow we got snow. Uh, what's your forecast? <laughs> I don't think Sorry. it's. I don't. Well, no, don't laugh. I mean, man, you're already that guy rubbing it in from Florida. Uh, no, I, I don't. Well, no, today it's central. You got snow. Welcome to Central Illinois. It's February, right? I know. Yep, that's why I'm down here. I'm going to be back there next week, though. I'll be back uh, in time to go skiing. I'm going to go take Molly out to Crested Butte on March 6th. That sounds like fun. You think I'd be careful, though. I, I don't want to do a eulogy when you do a Sonny Bono. Yeah, you get stuck doing all those, don't you? Um, <laughs> Look, I... All I guy, I'm, 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 I'm do is pull out your notes. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. Uh, all right, my friend. Uh, Thank we will you for talk your to you nice retirement speech. That was awesome. Well, look, that was awesome. it, it's well-deserved. Uh, and, and I'm glad you're sticking around at least here on the show because uh, I don't want to say goodbye forever. Heck no, you're my best friend. All right, my friend. We'll talk next week. We need to go out. We need to start going out to dinner again. Even though there's no Bizu, we could always go to Doherty's. 
You know many things? I was thinking about that the other day. You know how many things happened at Bizu or as a result yeah, a of... That little, that little corner. Yes. I, 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 honest to God, it's so strange you brought that up because I was just thinking about that. There were so many conversations over so many years in that restaurant in particular that then came to fruition. I mean, it's mind-blowing. That's how I got to know Howard Buffett. There you go. I bought him dinner one night, and he came over to my table, and he said, Burhini, I don't like owing you for anything. (laughs) What kind of picture do you want? And and I said, I love a grizzly bear. Yeah. I not only got a grizzly bear, I got an American eagle, too. And so that's how our friendship started. telling you. It's it's the place, or it was the place. All right, Kev, got to go. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Hey, Brian. Take care. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.